My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Friday the 23rd of September. I'm Zara. And I'm Tom. Now, earlier this week, a series of really disturbing allegations surfaced about the treatment of First Nations players at the Hawthorne Football Club. An investigation will follow and the senior figures at the centre of the allegations have denied them. But it's prompted a wider discussion about racism in sport and beyond. We'll unpack that in just a moment, but first, Tom, what's making headlines this morning? Well, Optus was hit by a cyber attack yesterday. In a statement, the telecommunications company said that they're investigating the possible unauthorised access of current and former customers' information. It's understood customers' names, dates of birth, phone numbers and email addresses may have been compromised. New York State's Attorney General Letitia James has filed a civil suit against former US President Donald Trump and three of his children for alleged business fraud. At a press conference, the Attorney General said Donald Trump falsely inflated his net worth by billions of dollars to unjustly enrich himself and to cheat the system, thereby cheating all of us. Trump has labelled the lawsuit another witch hunt by a racist Attorney General. In a speech to the UN, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky warned Russia must face just punishment over its invasion of Ukraine. This came after Russian President Vladimir Putin announced a partial military mobilisation for Ukraine. And today's good news. Cancer death rates in the US have fallen steadily with more people surviving cancer than ever before. That's according to a new report from the American Association for Cancer Research, which found for all cancers combined, the five-year overall survival rate has increased from 49% in the mid-70s to nearly 70% from 2011 to 2017, which is the most recent data available. Just a quick heads up before we jump into this deep dive that we will be talking about stuff that is quite distressing. So if you're not in the headspace to be listening to this today, you can tune in again on Monday morning. So Tom, earlier in the week, there was a huge story that broke concerning the AFL and specifically the Hawks. Um, Can you take us back to the beginning of where this all started? I can. So it, it began, I suppose, earlier in the year uh, when uh, Hawthorne player Cyril Rioli came forward uh, in an article published in the ABC with a series of allegations of racism in his time at Hawthorne. That prompted uh, an external investigation which Hawthorne commissioned, so they, they contracted some First Nations consultants to, to run this process. That concluded a week or two ago and the findings uh, were presented to the AFL at that point in time. It wasn't published, but the AFL was aware of it. Uh, And some very serious uh, allegations uh, about kind of the similar period of time to when Rioli was at the club uh, had surfaced. And it came to light earlier this week when when a few of the players who'd made those allegations, again, First Nations players, uh, spoke again to the ABC. And in a significant article, there were a series of, uh, as you said at the beginning there, Zara, really very distressing allegations about treatment that that a number of First Nations players experienced in their time at the club under coach Alistair Clarkson. 
And you've pointed out there that the allegations we're about to discuss were first reported by the ABC and specifically by journalist Russell Jackson. So what are the actual allegations? So there are three players who spoke to Russell Jackson for this story and and the common theme among the players, uh, stories about the club pressuring them to leave relationships and in one case also to terminate a pregnancy. There are three club figures who were mentioned in the article, Clarkson himself, the coach, He was coach uh, from 2005 to 2021, and he's recently been appointed the coach of another club, the North Melbourne Football Club. Then there was also Chris Fagan, an assistant coach, who's now the coach of the Brisbane Lions, and player development manager Jason Burt. Uh, So I'll sort of take maybe the three players one at a time. All of these players sort of spoke to the ABC on the condition of anonymity, and so their names aren't known. So the first player uh, alleged that when he came to the club, Uh, to tell them about his partner's pregnancy, that he was pulled into a meeting with Clarkson and Fagan uh, and encouraged to leave the relationship and have his partner's pregnancy terminated. Uh, He he then alleges that the couple were essentially sort of separated and that the club uh, encouraged him to change his number and sever all contact with his partner. Uh, Subsequently, when the couple were reunited again, they say that they terminated another pregnancy because they were afraid of Hawthorne's response Uh, and the player and his partner said that the player has since attempted suicide on multiple occasions and and had very serious mental health ramifications for for the whole family as a result of this. Uh, A second player alleged that Clarkson, Fagan and Bert had intervened and told him that he needed to leave his relationship with a pregnant partner and that the three of them went with him to the house of the partner, entered the house. I think there was a quote from Clarkson who'd said to the partner, this is not going to be a pleasant conversation and told her the relationship was over, uh, that they'd taken the player there to collect his things, but then in the end the player hadn't been able to collect his things. And again, after that point the contact was severed, a phone number was changed uh, and in this story, the partner got in touch multiple times with the club trying to to find the player's whereabouts, was unable to do that, uh, and, and the woman eventually miscarried the pregnancy, again, not knowing uh, anything about her partner's welfare, whether the partner knew about this, and the player alleges that, that he was told about his partner's miscarriage by Bert uh, at a club training session and, and again, wasn't able to be there uh, through that period. A third player who moved from interstate to join Hawthorne alleged that the club stood in the way of his partner and child relocating to Melbourne to to be with him uh, shortly after the birth of his child. Instead, the club had suggested a a 10-day visitation period and at the end of the visitation period when the family hadn't wanted to separate, uh, the club had told the player that he'd failed a test and should have put his career over his family. Uh, And again, his partner said there that that triggered a severe mental health crisis and, and several suicide attempts So it's a a really, really serious and and detailed set of allegations that were were aired here. No matter how many times you hear those allegations, they don't get easier to comprehend or to understand. How has the AFL and how has the club responded to these incredibly severe allegations? Yeah, so Hawthorne, when it became aware of the allegations, passed things on to the AFL's integrity unit uh, AFL CEO Gillan McLaughlin spoke earlier in the week and he said that rather than the AFL's integrity unit, that uh, given the serious nature of these allegations, he described them as challenging, harrowing and disturbing, that it would be an independent investigation instead that we get to the bottom of this, it would be chaired by an eminent lawyer uh, and that that process, uh, again, would be independently run and the club has, of course, agreed to participate in that. Then there's the matter of uh, Clarkson and Fagan who are still senior coaches at different AFL clubs. 
So the Brisbane Lions have announced that Fagan uh, has agreed to stand down while the investigation is going on. Fagan says he wasn't contacted as part of uh, Hawthorne's initial review process uh, through which these allegations were surfaced and and that he is willing and and eager to participate in the investigation. Uh, Clarkson's case is slightly more complicated. Clarkson had just recently been appointed coach of North Melbourne. He's actually still being paid by the Hawthorne Football Club because he was the coach until last year and he was prematurely terminated for for performance-related reasons. And so he's not due to officially start his role at North Melbourne until his period at Hawthorne officially ends in November. So there is some complication there. But again, we're sort of pending the results of, of this this investigation before we know more about whether those two will continue to, to hold their positions as senior coaches. Tom, I'm by no means an avid follower of the AFL, nor am I an avid follower of any sport in particular, but it seems from my perspective that we're just hearing more and more of these stories about ill treatment or alleged ill treatment of First Nations players. I guess my question to you is where do we go from here if the frequency of these incidents don't seem to be diminishing? Yeah, it's it's a really difficult question to answer that one, Zara. So I, I am quite an avid follower of, of the AFL and, and a number of other sports and have paid very close attention to, to those sorts of allegations and to incidents over, over a long period. I think that there is something in the AFL and the NRL to an extent where First Nations players are, are overrepresented in the professional ranks of these sports relative to the population. So for a lot of uh, you know, non-First Nations Australians, this is their main point of contact with with First Nations people and First Nations communities. And I think as a result, it's, it's not surprising that it ends up being a bit of a lightning rod and, and I guess a tension point for so much of the, the racism that does exist more broadly in Australian society. I think it's not a surprise that it comes up here. Uh, at the same time as First Nations players are some of the most celebrated and beloved players in the game, they're routinely subjected to racism from from fans and increasingly we're learning, you know, allegations of racism from from their own teammates and people who work at, at their own clubs. I think back to Adam Goods, um, the famous story of, of a few years ago, you know, one of the most celebrated players in the game who in the end was hounded out of it um, because he was sort of relentlessly booed by, by crowds. Eddie Betts, another prominent Indigenous player who retired recently, again, probably one of the best loved, most people would say, players in the game, but he was so worn down by the end of his career with a constant tirade of racial abuse that he received. We've had allegations um, emerge in his uh, autobiography recently about some culturally insensitive practices at a club camp. So, yeah, you know, these stories are so common and really distressing. I, I think... Um, uh, look, there's something in the fact that these stories are being told now and, and some of the stories that you hear about the game um, decades back, you know, suggest that at the very least, you know, sunlight as, as a disinfectant, there has to be some good to come of that. And, and what I can say is that the, the media reaction uh, to these allegations in, in the last few days and the public reaction, it does feel different to when these things have been raised. I think slowly the, the conversation is starting to shift and, and I think it's an important one to have. It definitely is. And if this episode has brought up anything for you, Lifeline is always available on 13 11 14. Thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Listener.